Blog Talk Radio. If you knew your potential to live a truly divine life, you would never again choose to live any other way. Join us now on a transpersonal quest into the realms of higher consciousness and lasting personal fulfillment. Transform your thoughts, evolve your emotions, increase your intuition, and manifest a life of abundance and prosperity. It's time to discover your true destiny. Welcome to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin. Well, good evening, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, Good day, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Divine Living Today show. I'm really looking forward to tonight's show. We have a very, very interesting um, subject that we're going to be talking about. Um, And I'm hoping that some of you will be giving your input as well in the second half of the show. Um, Because it is a very... um, uh, it's a subject that, that have very diverse opinions and ideas and beliefs and um, that is found in all religions, all spiritual practices. Um, and so, yeah, people will have differing outlooks on, on what we're going to talk tonight. Um, but thank you so much for joining me um, yet again for another episode and for another step closer to a truly divine life. Um, For future reference, just note that the show is broadcast live every Wednesday um, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and that would be 6.30 p.m. Central and 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Um, For all my night owl listeners in the UK, the show is live at 12.30 a.m. on a Thursday morning, and for Western Europe and South Africa, it's 1.30 a.m. on a Thursday. And if you are in Australia um, or New Zealand, um, the time would be somewhere between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. on a Thursday morning, depending where you are located um, in the country. So welcome back to all my friends, clients and colleagues uh, from all over the world. The response to the show so far has been um, truly tremendous. It's been overwhelming, um, way beyond my my best expectations. Um, It's almost taken on a a life of its own, so um, it's really great to be sharing this with you, and I'm very happy that there are so many people that have found it um, meaningful and um, feel that it's adding value to their life because that was my whole purpose with this show. If this is your first time um, to the show, welcome to the Divine Living Family. Don't be shy. Please join the rest of us in the chat room. Um, introduce yourself um, and and join in the fun. So I'm looking forward to another awesome show. Um, I'm sure we're going to have an amazing time. Our topic tonight is the divine self. Um, now, this is a mystery that no, n- not the most intelligent mind on earth no matter how bright or smart or educated you are, um, it is a mystery that none of us can truly ever hope to unravel while we are here on the earth plane. Um, exactly where we come from and exactly what our true spiritual nature is all about um, will remain a mystery to us while we are here. And it's, it's that way for a good reason, which we will explore in, in future shows. Tonight we're looking at um, the nature of the divine self. What is this divine self or higher self that we um, talk about? And um, we're going to look at um, you know specific things that that relate to this. Um, 
what does it mean to be created in the, the image of the divine or in the image of God or source or whatever it is that you choose to call it. We're also going to look at the difference between the higher self or the divine self as compared to the human ego. Where, how and how, where do these things fit two things or two personalities, you could say, how do they fit together? We touched last week a little bit on soul purpose versus life purpose, and um, I'm going to revisit that briefly tonight just to refresh your memory, and also for the people who are listening for the first time tonight. We're also going to look at why it is so important for us to reawaken and realign with the divine self, um, and why it's so important that we are aware of the fact that we have this inner divinity um, that permeates everything, you know, not just us, but everything around us as well. And, and realignment with the divine self truly is the foundation for creating a life of purpose and prosperity. Um, so, therefore, we need to understand what the divine self is before we can really create a divine life. And then we're briefly going to look at how to realign with our inner divinity, which is um, not as difficult as it might sound or may seem. You don't have to become a Buddhist monk or something like that to be able to realign with your inner divinity. It is something that you can integrate into your normal daily routine and make it a part of your normal life. And of course, that's not all. I won't be doing all the talking. Um, during the second half of the show, I'm going to be inviting you to join in the discussion and, and share some of your personal views and life experiences um, because I'm sure um, many of you will have very interesting personal experiences or viewpoints to share with us. And I welcome any inputs into the show. I do not pretend to know all the answers. And what I'll be discussing with you tonight are basically just my my own beliefs that have come about through through years of spiritual practice and which I've put into my book, um, Divine Living, the Essential Guide to Your True Destiny. But I'm not for one moment pretending that um, my book covers absolutely every aspect of spirituality and, and of, of our inner divinity and all of that. So um, please um, join in the discussion in the second half of the show. Um, and of course, if you do call in, um, I'm going to put in, be putting everybody's names who call into the show and, and have a conversation with me on the air. Um, your name will go into a draw, um, and one person will win a free copy of, of my book, Divine Living. So um, please remember that. Um, I, will, I will remind you again later in the show. By the way, um, for U.S. listeners, people in the U.S., um, there's a toll-free number that you can dial into the show. International listeners, unfortunately, you will have to, to dial in using an, a normal number, um, which is obviously they're not free of charge, um, and you will have to use the international dialing code from your country followed to the USA, the code from your country to the USA followed by the telephone number. Um, and then, of course, you can also dial in using Skype. So if you have Skype on your computer, just log into your Skype and just use the little Skype icon you will see at the top next to the toll-free number. There's a little Skype button. Just click on that, and you'll be able to, to dial in using your Skype. Um, so the toll-free number to call in later is 877-230-4239. And the, the, the number for international listeners is 
0891-222-9748. Then, just before we start, I also had some questions last week about um, the chat room. Some people were having a problem with the chat room, saying that they were not clear or sure about how to get into the the chat room um, because they had the impression that they had to become a show host, register an account as a show host in order to log into the chat room, which is not the case. Um, first of all, to find the chat room, if you're listening but you don't know where the chat room is, just go to the show page, scroll down to the bottom and you'll find the chat room there. Um, if there's nothing, just wait a few moments for it to download because it takes a while to download. Um, and then to register your account, you will see right below the, the uh, chat room window um, right below you'll see there is a uh, there is a link there that you can click to to quickly register an account the easiest way is just to register with your Facebook account so log into your Facebook and then just click on the Facebook registration link which will make it instant um, on the other hand you can also just do the quick registration, which is very simple. All you need to fill in is three things. It's, I think it's a username, your email address, and um, and a password of your liking. And then that's all. You only need to complete the top half of the registration form. Um, below the top half, uh, you know, in the middle of the registration form, you'll see it says, if you just want to listen, interact, and follow the shows, click here to finish registering. So that's all you need to do. Um, just ignore the next section, the bottom section of the registration page that says become a host. Just ignore that part. While we are at it, please, if you're on the show page, please um, become a follower of the show. You'll see underneath the show icon, the little picture on the left, there's a button that says follow. Um, and uh, all you need to do is just click on that to follow the show. Also, if you have a Facebook or a Twitter account, um, there are... Um, like buttons or share buttons below the show window that you can click to share it with your friends and relatives. Please do that. Um, it's really made a big difference this week, everybody that's been doing it so far, because um, last week we had 79 live listeners. And and since the live show last week, um, earlier today I checked, um, and our total listeners, that's, that's live listeners plus the archive listeners, amounted to almost 4,800 people. So um, we're getting close to 5,000 listeners for the first episode of the show, which is, which is amazing. Thank you once again, everybody, for your support. It really is very sincerely appreciated. And with that, it's on with the show. Flow with the miracles of life and explore the infinite wisdom of your universe. You are listening to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin. Right. Um, I see Julie is in the chat room. Hello, Julie. It's nice to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Um, right, so let's kick off with our, our first um, point of discussion, and that is who or what is this divine self that, that I'm on about? Um, now, in my book, I describe it as also as the higher self. Most people know it as the higher self. Um, some people call it the soul or the spirit. It's, it has many different names. 
It's, um, I prefer to stay away from the whole uh, 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 concept of the soul and the spirit because a lot of people get confused there um, because different religions and different spiritual uh, belief systems um, look at the soul and the spirit in different ways. Some religions would say it's the same thing. The soul and the spirit is one thing. Others would say, no, it's two separate entities or two separate components of one entity, etc., etc. So it can become very complicated. Um, so to understand what the or who the divine self truly is, um, it's very important that we make a distinction um, between, um, you know, the soul and the the spirit. Now, the soul is basically the field of our psychological activity. Your soul is yourself. It's it's it, it has a lot of different components. It it includes your thinking, your emotions, your memories, your desires, your your will or your willpower. Um, <clears throat> it's it's your human ego as well as your inner guidance system, which consists of the, 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 your emotions and your intuition. So the soul is basically your, in a sense, you could say your identity, your spiritual identity. Now, <clears throat> to truly understand what the, the soul really is, um, just um, do a quick exercise with me. Just close your eyes for a moment, unless, unless you're driving. Please, people on iTunes, archive listeners, if you're driving or something, please don't close your eyes. Um, but if you can do that right now, just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to imagine yourself being hovering in the air. See yourself as suspended in the air, almost like a balloon. And then... Feel yourself being isolated from all sensations. So shut down all your senses. Stop, stop seeing, hearing, smelling, feeling. Shut down all your senses. Imagine you have no senses. Okay? So there's no sensory contact with your body. You can't feel your body um, and you can't perceive anything through your senses. Now, in this state of mind that you're in right now, can you see or can you understand or can you sense that you still have self-consciousness so even though you're not looking or smelling or touching or tasting or for that matter doing anything else and, and even though you don't have a body in this this imaginative imaginative state that you're in your body has disappeared but you're still there you still have self-consciousness so do you see that yourself is not dependent on anything physical? You are a self without your body. And this self that doesn't need a body to be aware of its own existence, that is basically what your soul is. But the soul is not the divine self. The soul is not your higher self. The higher self is, we call it the higher self or the divine self because it is not, there's nothing human about it. Um, it is higher than the soul. And therefore, this, what we know as spirit is actually our divine self or higher self. That is what spirit is. So spirit or the divine self is higher than the soul. Um, and this is basically, the divine self is basically considered to be our real self. 
it is the source of everything we call good in the universe. It's, it's the source of happiness, wisdom, love, compassion, harmony, peace. So the divine self or the spirit is eternal. It's incorruptible. But the soul is not. Now I know some of you are freaking out right now because as far as you had it, the soul is eternal. It lives on forever. Um, but it's not, that's not really your soul. That is your spirit. The spirit is eternal. Spirit is um, um, incorruptible. So the divine self is spirit. It is the spark of consciousness. It is, so if you look at the soul versus the spirit, the soul is your consciousness, your self-awareness, your, your, your ability to perceive yourself and the world around you, being aware of your own existence and the world around you. Um, so it's your consciousness, and it's also your subconsciousness. But the divine self or spirit is the spark of that consciousness. So if you think of your soul as the flames on a fire, the divine self is almost like the match, you could say. Or, no, no, it's the match plus the, the gasoline or whatever it is you use to start the fire. So the divine self or spirit is a portion of the divine or God or source that is in every entity. It's the origin of consciousness. Um, and this spark is the source of light and life for the soul. So our earthly consciousness comes from this infinite divine consciousness. So you could basically, in a, in a very practical way, describe it as a fragment or a portion of God, a tiny little point of consciousness. Because if you think of a divinity or God or source as this um, infinite, infinite intelligence or infinite um, consciousness, of a, like a conscious universe every soul is just one tiny point of in that consciousness um, a good way I always exp describe this to, to clients and to students is think of a Christmas tree with Christmas lights you know those strings of Christmas lights that people take or fairy lights that people tend to to hang at the holidays um, now the light bulb itself, every little light bulb, the little glass encasing that you see, that is basically your body. Think of that as your body, the physical human body. The little wire thing in the middle, I'm not sure what you call it, but the little thing in the middle that, that makes the light, that uses electricity to, to give us some sort of spark or light that, that generates the light, that little wire inside the glass, that is, that is basically what your soul is like and but what gives that soul the power to shine to shine this light um, is electricity and electricity you could compare to spirit so um, the divine self is like a stream of electricity or it's like a pool it's like we're drifting in an ocean of electricity um, so in essence, the divine self is not really a personality or an entity or a being. People often tend to think of the higher self or the divine self as a uh, personality or a person, uh, an individual entity, um, and it's not. It's, it's actually more of a force or a field 
um, that we are just a, of which our soul is just a point of consciousness. So the divine self or spirit is apart from anything else um, on the earth. Um, it's it's not has nothing to do with the earthly. Um, state with a time-space reality. It does not descend into the realms of the earth. The only way that we connect with the divine self or with spirit is by lifting ourselves up from the earth plane and connecting with the divine self. And even then, when we are connecting with spirit or the divine self, it remains shielded from any earthly influences. Um, so within this one universal collective mind of God or the divine source, there are infinite points of consciousness and those infinite points of consciousness are our souls. So the soul is an expression of the divine in the form of consciousness. It is our individualness. It is our self-awareness. And this is where we come to something interesting. Because if there's one thing that gets um, very um, Newtonian scientific thinkers, people, scientists that are very skeptical about spirituality or, you know, they, they don't believe in the existence of an afterlife. They don't believe in the existence of spirit or soul and all these things that we are talking about. Um, because they only believe in things that they can measure and that they can somehow calculate with a formula or they can measure it with some sort of instrument. And that's all they believe in, the things that they can measure or see with their own two eyes. But there's one thing that they can, none of them can um, deny um, and none of them can fully explain. They offer different possibilities of, of what the explanation is, but they don't. Nobody has an explanation. There's no way they can disregard it or disprove it in any way. And that is known as the hard problem of, of, um, of things, sciences like neuroscience. The hard problem is basically, it's also known as qualia. And qualia is our subjective experience of things. Look, if, if I give you an apple, you will be able to tell me um, what color it is, what the color reminds you of. You, you will have all kinds of interactions through your senses with this apple. You will see it, feel it, taste it. You will even hear it. When you bite into it, you will hear the crunch. So, and all those things we can measure scientifically. A scientist will be able to, a biologist or a physiologist, will be able to explain to you how it is possible for your brain and your nervous system and your eyes to see the apple and, to, and how your brain works to identify the color of the apple and what happens in your ear and in your nervous system when you bite into the apple. How is it that you hear that sound? How does all of that work on a technical, physical level? They can explain all that stuff. But the one thing they cannot explain is how the experience of looking or biting into that apple, they cannot explain how it is for, possible for us to, to have an emotional response to an apple because, because of the smell and that suddenly it reminds you of your grandmother and the apples that she, apple pies that you used to bake and, and, and how you feel about that. The, the whole thing that the apple represents for you. And for, for other people, it would represent Adam and Eve and it would have a whole religious, spiritual and emotional attachment to this apple in front of them. That part, no scientist can explain. They do not know why it is that we have these unique, individual, subjective experiences of the world around us. 
And this is where the soul comes in because that is what the soul does. The soul interprets the physical reality. The soul is basically the bridge between the spiritual realm or the or spirit or the divine self with the material realm or the earth experience or the human experience on the other side. So your soul is basically the link between the spiritual and the physical or the, the metaphysical and the physical and the spiritual and the material. Your soul is the go-between. So the divine self or, the, or spirit is not an actual individual or entity or a personality or a being, but the soul is an individual entity or personality. Um, so, you know, for instance, you know, with the divine self, some people, uh, and the divine self is expressed in many ways. Like some, you, you, you would often hear spiritual workers um, talk about their guides or their spirit guide or, or angels or, or whatever. These are different ways that the, the, divine, um, the divine expresses itself. Um, but in our original state of spirit, there are no male and female energies. These two energies are combined. Um, it, you know, you even find it, for instance, in, in the Bible, I, I think uh, uh, Jesus said um, that in heaven there is neither marriage nor giving in marriage because male and female is not separate. It is one thing. None of the earth things that are important to humans None of this duality and, and all the earthly things that are important to us, like having an identity like I, me, and myself, none of those things are important or exist in the spiritual realm. So that, that is why we talk of the higher self or the divine self. It's not because it's a real self. It's, it's actually just a portion of a much, it's actually a much bigger thing of which our soul is just a small portion. So there is, in fact, no real divine self or higher self. But we give it that name and we talk about it as if it is a personality, this infinite pool of consciousness or source that we come from. We talk about it as if it is a person with an identity to help us with our feeble human minds to understand it a little bit better. Because if I say to you, connect with the infinite, or uh, realign with, with divinity. What does that mean? Um, but if I say to you, reconnect with your divine self, it's, it, it, it relates back to our human experience because it's a little bit like relating to a loved one or to a friend, having a conversation or, or having uh, an interaction with somebody that you care about and maybe you're hugging them and you're talking to them. Those things we can relate to. But, but it's very difficult to relate to connecting with spirit the infinite, um, to, to the all-encompassing, um, all-pervasive source of everything. Um, that is a very vague and beyond our comprehension as humans. And therefore, the term divine self or higher self is just a term we use to describe something very complex and that is very much beyond our normal human understanding. So let's look a moment uh, more at the, the soul, which is this bridge between the divine and the material uh, person. The soul uses free will to explore, create, test, discover. Remember, the divine is not in any way here present. Um, no, that wouldn't be the right way to say it. The divine is above all earthly experience. 
the soul is the expression of the divine on earth and the soul is the entity or the component of our spiritual beingness that uses free will to explore and create and test and discover um, the soul has many aspects or components it expresses itself in many forms um, you know it includes the human ego uh, the inner guidance system um, our self-awareness the soul is our mind our heart um, our personality the soul is our thoughts emotions desires our wishes it is both our waking consciousness and also our subconscious mind so um, apart from our conscious thoughts uh, and experiences we also have the subconscious part of the soul which relates to things like the archetypes um, dreams myths and your intuition of course and therefore the soul is capable of both sensory and extrasensory perception in other words we can have these qualia that I was talking about that you can see, feel, hear, touch things and, and have some sort of um, spiritual, emotional, psychological response to it, a very subjective interpretation and experience of it. But at the same time, you also have the ability to have extrasensory perception. That is where our intuition comes up, which is which is subconscious where we sense things um, through things like clairvoyance that we have images in our mind's eye or we we sense things clairsentiently or clairempathically etc etc I don't want to go into all this the psychic stuff right now but yes the soul enables us as human beings to have both sensory and extrasensory experiences and perceptions and through this we we are able to to learn and grow and experiment and create and expand um, which is our sole purpose on in this life is to have soul growth and spiritual expansion on the other hand the spirit is not consciousness or subconsciousness like the soul spirit is super consciousness the super consciousness is uh, is the all-encompassing conscious universe for the lack of a better term or God or the or the creator or source or the divine and and our soul is just an original spark of that consciousness um, so we are just at our core we have this immaculate essence um, with which we arrive on planet earth at the time of our birth and that basically is your divine self now, people often ask me what happens after we die, um, because you know, because also I said earlier that it's my belief that the soul does not go on. The soul is not permanent. Spirit is forever. It's infinite and it's everlasting and it's immortal. But the soul is an impermanent. It changes. It evolves. It just like you were not the same person yesterday just like your body wasn't this i mean your body replaces cells at an alarming rate i'm not sure how much but every organ every part of your body renews itself i think the liver for instance your liver replaces itself completely you have a completely new liver i think within 30 days like a month something like that other organs are faster others are slower um so not even your body is permanent. You, well, we know that. Your body isn't permanent and neither is your soul. Your soul keeps evolving. It's never the same from moment to moment. 
So the soul is not a permanent entity, um, and therefore it doesn't remain constant, constant beyond life on earth. Because there's this, there's this notion that when we die, you know, our soul goes on, but, and it's like forever like that. So if, 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 if Uncle Tom dies, um, Uncle Tom keeps on existing exactly the way he was here on earth indefinitely um, for millennia. And that is not the case. Um, only the divine self or spirit is immortal and omnipresent. But like I said, the divine self is not actually a self. It does not have an individual identity. Think back to our Christmas tree um, example with electricity. If I, if I show you, if I could show you a swimming pool full of electricity and I said to you, point out the Mr. Electricity for me. You wouldn't be able to do that. There is no Mr. or Mrs. Electricity. It's, it's something that cannot be put into a, an entity or an identity. Um, so, just as the body changes from moment to moment, the mind and the soul also um, changes from moment to moment. Our thoughts, our emotions, our desires come and go. There is no permanent underlying mind or soul that experiences these thoughts, just as our body is also not permanent. So when the body dies, the soul or the mind processes do continue for some time. I know this from personal experience in the work that I do, and also with all the clients that I've worked with all over the world. Because there is a period of time, and it differs from individual to individual, there is a period of time where we on the earth plane are still able to somehow communicate, connect with um, the soul or the mind or the identity of this person that, that has died. Their body is no longer, but the soul is still there, the presence of the soul. And we are still able to communicate um, with that identity. But then there comes a point where that soul, in a sense, I wouldn't say disappear. It doesn't, it doesn't disappear. None, nothing disappears. Energy changes form. But it, it dissolves or it transforms into something else. And in my experience... It goes two ways, one of two ways. The soul is either reborn in a new body, in a new incarnation, or the soul is absorbed back into infinite oneness with God or source or the divine. Um, and you see all these experiences that the soul had here on the earth plane in this amazing physical life experience that we have here. All the soul growth and spiritual development that took place is recorded in the Akashic Record. And that is why you would find that when you have a reading with a medium, that sometimes they, they would give information to you in a certain way, and other times, depending on how long the person has passed away, how long ago, they will give it in a different way. Because when it is recent, very recent still, or reasonably recent, and like I say, it differs from person to person, um, the soul is still around. The soul identity is still around because it's in a transition phase, which I'll, which I'll discuss just now. Um, but then after that, when it dissolves, either it's reborn um, into a new incarnation. So Uncle Tom is no longer, he's maybe now baby Sarah somewhere on the other side of the planet. Or this soul dissolves into the, the infinite beyond. 
to the great beyond. But then why is it that we are still able to make contact with these identities? If Uncle Tom is now little Sarah on the other side of the world, how are we still able to get information about Uncle Tom when we do, for instance, a medium reading or a past life regression or whatever the case may be? We are able to do that because everything that happened to the soul known as Uncle Tom before he transformed into something new or something different that everything that happened to the soul known formerly as Uncle Tom has been recorded in the Akashic Record, which is like the big cosmic library that that could very well be a part or could very well be spirit in essence. It could very well be the divine self. Like I say, we would never be able to fully understand this in this, in this um, time-space reality. So nothing that happens to us, no, no uh, human experience is lost. It is recorded. Um, and we, we expand, a spiritual expansion happens through this. We expand consciousness in this way, and we generate more consciousness, or we expand it. Um, and that is why you are still able to, like 30 years after somebody have passed away or crossed over, you can still um, get information about them, because you then the psychical medium is tapping into the Akashic record. There is no longer that direct communication with that, that soul identity, because that soul identity has taken on a new form. Just like your body and your thoughts and your emotions change from moment to moment, so the soul also changes. Now, I often get the question, but why does the soul remain on the earth plane for that time? Why are we able to communicate with the soul and it hangs around for a while and then it dis not disappears, it dissolves? Why does that happen? Um, and I believe it's for, for various reasons based on various experiences I've had myself um, and also what I've learned from, from working with my clients. This in-between state that we remain in for a certain period of time it allows the soul identity to detach from the human ego. Because remember, the human ego was an integral part of the soul here on earth. And now the soul or the mind has to detach, spirit has to detach from the, the human ego. And I remember, you know, if you die at the age of 70, for instance, it took 70 years to, to really grow, grow attached to that ego of yours. And I mean, some people are really attached to their egos. So it takes a while to detach from that and to return into a spiritual beingness. Um, and also, it's part of our spiritual duty. We feel a sense of spiritual obligation. Now remember, once again, I'm explaining these things in human terms because there's no other way that we would understand it. Um, because in spirit, we don't have obligations and duties. Spirit doesn't understand these things. This, these are human things. But it's the only way we can really understand it. So from a spiritual perspective, we have some sort of obligation or duty after we die to hang around for a while and make sure that our loved ones are okay. Because when, when you cross over, you know, um, I had a near-death experience of myself, and um, it was an amazing experience. I didn't want to come back. It was so cool. I did not want to come back. So um, for the person that passes away, it's really the most amazing, incredible experience. Um, and you really couldn't be bothered. But somehow we hang around to make sure that our loved ones, who are usually grieving and in a terrible state for obvious reasons, because they're attached to the human identity of that soul. They're attached to that human ego, which is actually a false 
thing. It's, it doesn't really exist. But we become attached to that person, that, that human identity. And um, therefore, when we lose that person, we grieve very badly. So um, we hang around after our death just to console our loved ones, that uh, the people who were our loved ones, or the bodies and souls that were our loved ones here on earth, and to make sure that they're going to be okay. And um, so once we detach from our human ego and we make sure that our loved ones are okay, um, then we are ready to either be reborn or to dissolve into something bigger, something greater than, than we can comprehend. So that in-between state is to detach, to make sure everybody is okay, that you leave behind. It's also some sort of a review process of our lifetime, our life experience. A lot of people who have um, near-death experiences report this, that they, they, went through, they went into this state or this process or this place. Um, people, some people describe it like a cinema or whatever, where they watch a review of their life. Um, and it's basically it's like a debriefing to process everything that has happened in the physical realm um, and to put everything into the proper spiritual perspective now, now that we're no longer in the, the earth plane. And then there's another component to this in-between state, which people don't often talk about. And, and, and that is that I believe we also use this time to plan our next life. If we're going to come back, um, we take this time to also plan. We do this review of the previous life, and once we've got all that processed and sorted and catalogued and um, you know sorted out in the cosmic library or the Akashic record, we move on to planning the next escapade, the next adventure we're going to come and have down here, or we're going to have in some sort of other dimension, other plane of existence, because there there is definitely other alternate. Um, parallel universes or planes of existence or other dimensions or realms um, where, where spirit dwells in different expressions than the human expression that we know. So, um, in summary, your soul is on a journey with many twists and turns in this road of life. But your spirit or your divine self is high above that road. The divine self or the spirit overarches that, that life road that we are on from the beginning to the end. It's like a rainbow over your whole lifetime. And that divine self that you originate from knows the peace, knows the contentment that we cannot comprehend in this earth existence. It knows of a, a nirvana or a heaven or a paradise, which is not a physical place, but which is a, a state of beingness, something that we cannot really identify with in this time-space reality. So I hope that hasn't been too philosophical for you because it's something very difficult to, to break down into to simple conversation. It's not exactly um, something you discuss over a, a beer or, or a milkshake. But um, yes, um, that, that is basically what the divine self is all about. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and, and after the break we, we will go on to um, the next point of our discussion. Thank you for staying with me. 
Is your life in need of a makeover? Do you need real answers and meaningful insight into the past, present, and future? With psychic medium and destiny coach Anton St. Martin, you can discover your true destiny and transform your life. Anton offers a leading-edge consulting service that is available internationally by phone or video conferencing. What are you waiting for? Contact Anton today at AntonStMartin.com. Your life will never be the same. Awaken your higher self and accomplish your true life calling. You are listening to Divine Living Today with your host, Anton St. Martin. Right. Um, the next thing um, um, I'm going to focus on and the, the last bit that I'll be talking about tonight is um, the whole idea of us being created in the image of the divine or in the image of God or source, which is something you find in many religions and in many, many spiritual belief systems and practices. Um, like I said, the divine self is the spark of the divine manifested in each of us, but we all come from the same source or from the same divine origins. Um, and because we come from the same thing or the same place, um, we must all be identical in quality. Um, it's like taking a drop of water from the ocean. Um, you cannot say that this drop of water in this little vial over here is better or different or more interesting or more, more evolved than this little drop over here. If I'm a drop, if, if my origins, if I come from a small drop of water from this infinite ocean and you are also a drop and the person next to you is a drop, then we all must be the same because we come from the same source. Now, if you come from a, a Christian or Islamic or Jewish background, um, you will be familiar with the concept that man was created in the image of God. Now, what exactly what is, what does that mean? Um, well, it means that if we are created in, the, in God's image, it must mean that we mirror the divine nature in some way. So we, have, we must also, like God or divinity or source, we must have the ability to actualize unique God-like qualities on our own accord. Um, these sacred qualities or abilities confirm our inherent divine nature. Now, what are these qualities? Basically, our godly qualities or our divine qualities, which reflect our divine self or our spiritual origins, can be divided into six things. There are six characteristics, basically. The first is, you have... As a human being with a soul that comes from a divine self or a divine source, you first of all have divine reason, which means just like God or the divine, you can be rational, you can think, you can have rational thought, you can deliberate, you can make decisions. You have an inquisitive mind which seeks to attain universal understanding and harmony with yourself, others, and your environment. This ability to think, imagine, reflect, reason, consider, learn, judge, the list goes on and on and on. Deliberate, choose, decide, believe, all these things are expressions of an infinite, eternal, divine intelligence that is within you. 
It's an expression of the divine or the creator God that has existed since the dawn of creation. And this rational ability is more commonly known, and I'm sure many of you know this term, it's known as your free will. And your free will gives you the unique capacity to make moral and spiritual judgments, to, to reflect on your own spiritual growth. Um, you can think of yourself, um, and therefore, you can, because you can think of yourself, it's obvious that we are created in the image of God or the divine source. We are in fact co-creators with the divine or with God or with source of our spiritual and our human experience. God or the divine does not reflect on our behalf or decide or choose or deliberate for us. We do all of that ourselves. And that is why you would often hear um, spiritual practitioners or people that, that the so-called New Age movement or New Thought people that, that have a new thought belief system would say that we are divine beings, we are, we are uh, God. In, in my book, there's a quote where I say, you are a deity, you are a God in jeans and a t-shirt. And I say that because of this, not because I'm saying that we are God. If you're a very religious person, that might offend you, depending on what your religion is. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we are God. I'm saying that we are sparks of God. We are points of consciousness that um, reflect God. And part of that reflection is our ability to have free will. You also have complete centeredness. You have this perspective that there is an I, me, and myself that is separate from the rest of the world. Your soul is able to distinguish that, you know what, I'm over here and you're over there. So um, we wouldn't have had this ability if we, not, if we were not created in the image of the divine. You are aware of your own consciousness um, and there's a sense of individuality and separateness from everything around you. And therefore you have unique thoughts, memories, feelings, etc. And of course, this is expressed in the entity that we know as the ego, the human ego. Thirdly, you also have creative freedom and metaphysical power. You have a creative imagination. You live in a universe of pure potential. And you have the freedom to explore all of its limitless possibilities. You are able to create, attract, and manifest any of your desired possibilities. And whatever you can imagine can be manifested metaphysically. And this is where the law of attraction and all those things come into it. So because you are a reflection of divinity, you have the creative freedom to be a conscious creator of your own life experiences and your own physical reality. Once you have a spiritual awakening, you begin to realize that your external reality shapes and molds itself around everything that you think and expect and believe and say and do so the way you live your life and the way you think about everything and the, what you focus on is what becomes your reality and that is because you are a divine being fourthly you also have the capacity for self-actualization um, the American psychologist Abraham Maslow defines self-actualization as the impulse to convert oneself into what one is capable of being. So as a human being created in the image of the divine, you are able to realize all of your innate potentialities in this lifetime. 
So it's a sacred potential that you have to manifest all your latent potentialities and to contribute to society. And that's why I always say it's so important that we have an internal locus of control as opposed to an external locus. And what I mean by that is you, you have a lot of people sometimes that, that say, oh, the government controls me or the aliens are out to get us or I am being um, harassed and controlled by evil entities in my house, etc., etc. Now, I'm not denying that those things exist. Yes, there is evil in the world, and there, there is things that are like hauntings and, and poltergeists and things like that. But not every second person are afflicted by these, these evil entities. Um, and, the, and why do I have a problem with people saying that? Is because... Because the moment you have this external locus of control where you believe that external forces are controlling your, you and your life, you give away your power. You give away your divinity. You say, you know what, I'm not a spiritual being. I don't have a capacity for self-actualization. I cannot um, express my full potential in this lifetime because of the government or the aliens or the, the demons. Um, and because of that, you know, I don't have control. I'm this victim. Life is happening to me. I'm not making life happen. It is actually something that's happening to me. And that is not the truth. That is not, your, that is not the spiritual truth. A person that is self-actualizing is a person with an internal locus of control. The buck stops with you. The responsibility comes from you. I, as a divine-inspired being have the duty and responsibility to make the most of this lifetime, of this journey, while I'm here in this earth plane. And I cannot blame some sort of external force that's preventing me somehow from actualizing my full potential. You have a soul purpose and you have a life calling, which make up your life plan. You have a mission. You're a spiritual being on a mission. And don't let anybody take that away from you. And then finally, what makes us divine is our capacity for self-transcendence. You have this inherent desire and ability to improve and better yourself spiritually. This is your sole purpose. It's part of your earth mission, and that is to expand your divine consciousness, to increase spiritual insight and wisdom, to, gain, to gather all this information for the Akashic Record. Um, so you are a divine being arrived here with a sole mission. And you have a certain list of experiences and things that you intend to happen to you, lessons that you hope to learn in this lifetime. Those things make up your destiny. And then the rest of your life is all up to free will. You make choices and decisions that you hopefully, you hope that would get you to the end of this obstacle course that you've designed for yourself. So, self-realization is something that is part of our divine beingness. And remember, next time when somebody says to you, yes, but you know, you're just a physical body, your life has no meaning, when you die, dust to dust, nothing will remain, then you say to them, but why then is it that I have divine reason? Why is it that I have complete centeredness and awareness of my I, me, and myself, and I have unique subjective experiences? For instance, how do you explain how science cannot explain how we respond to music? 
we all love music. We, we have different tastes in music, which is awesome because we have to be diverse. We need to be all different from each other. We're not supposed to be all alike. That's not what we came here for. So like the music that you like, whether it's whatever, anything from classical and opera to rock and um, what's the weirdest form of music I can think of? Anything indie. So whatever works for you, great. But, but why is it that we have these emotional responses or psychological or spiritual responses to music? Why is music used in most spiritual practices? You find music everywhere in religion and spirituality. Why? What is this reaction we have to music? And where does music come from? Why, why does it trigger these responses in us? Those things cannot be denied. And that proves that we are spiritual beings having a physical human life experience. Next time when somebody says to you, you can't make something happen in your life, you can't manifest a better life, and that the law of attraction is a lot of BS, you tell them, well, what about my creative freedom as a spark of divinity? What about my metaphysical power to be the best that I can be? What about my capacity for self-actualization, my capacity for self-transcendence? These are sacred gifts that you've received in your life. You are a spiritual being on a very special mission. Don't let the material world and the man-made world and the ego take that away from you. Right, I hope you enjoyed our discussion tonight and I'm very keen to hear what, what, um, what some of you would like to contribute to this conversation. Um, especially, um, you know, from your perspective, what is your take on the whole... Um, divine self, higher self um, um, concept, how do you view it, how do you experience this, and um, also what's your take on soul and spirit, you know, how's, what is your understanding of that, do you agree with what I say, do you have a different take on it, please I would love to hear um, about your personal experiences and, and insights, and also if you've had a profound spiritual awakening that has sort of made you realize where you sort of had an encounter in a sense with your own uh, spirituality with your divine or higher self we would love to hear about those stories so um, I'm going to take a break now get something to drink um, this is your chance for a nature break um, and also to call in if you have something to share with us so don't be shy the numbers are on the show page um, and um, I'm going to play a little bit of music and when I get back we will be taking some calls. Thank you so much for staying with me. Flow with the miracles of life and explore the infinite wisdom of your universe. You are listening to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin.
Hello, my name is Res Miranda. If you're having relationship, career, or life issues, I'm inviting you to experience what it's like to have access to professional, highly accurate psychics and spiritual advisors you can trust to care and help you. Register now to get your free six-minute reading by telephone or chat. Get answers. Get access. Psychic access. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PsychicAccess.com Do you long for a truly awakened and abundant new life? Divine Living, the essential guide to your true destiny, will awaken your higher self and empower you to achieve your soul purpose and true life calling. Divine Living is the definitive new guide to designing an authentic life of happiness and fulfillment. It will inspire you to change your reality and make a real difference in the world. Get your copy of Divine Living today at Amazon.com and DivineLivingBook.com. Discover your true destiny and transform your life. Welcome back to Divine Living Today with Psychic Medium and Destiny Coach, Anton St. Martin. I've lost some sound. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, and that means you haven't heard a thing that I said. <laughs> so I'm going to have to repeat all of that. Can somebody in the chat room just should tell me that you can hear me now, just to make sure that, that everybody, I'm back. Yes, okay. Right. Um, as I was saying, um, we had a question from Michael in, in the chat room. He says, um, uh, when we connect to our soul, it feels like we connect with so many other like-minded soul buddies. Does this seem to happen to anyone else? Um, and Michael asked me what my take is on this. Um, and as I was saying, while you couldn't hear me, is um, it, it has uh, basically two components or two aspects to it. The first thing is that when we have a spiritual awakening, um, we we suddenly have this new spiritual awareness um, that we all come from the same source, that we all come, that we are all sparks or reflections or little portions of this original divinity that we all spring from, uh, and therefore we start looking at each other differently. You don't see the next person as a human body carrying around some sort of inflated human ego. You start seeing that person as a spiritual being, and we look beyond the the physical appearance, the, the, the material possessions, all the stuff that, that makes the human um, experience what it is. And we start seeing the spirit, spiritual being behind that, that human mask almost. So as spiritual beings, we have the, the, the natural um, wanting to flock together. Uh, there's a quote in my book where I say, um, you know, we don't have to... I had a discussion one day with somebody that said to me, Yes, the only way that humanity will ever stand together on this planet and work together is, is if we have a common threat, you know, like if we have an attack from, from, from aliens from an outside world or, or if we have some sort of global threat like a disease or some sort of disaster that will force us all to unite, take hands and unite. And I don't agree with that. We do not need an external threat to force us to, you know, a common enemy to force us to work together because we are all spiritual beings. The moment you become spiritually aware, you realize that you can be your own person. You can express your own individuality because remember you have free will. You can express yourself fully 
And we can all be different and diverse. We don't have to all think alike and be alike. As long as we don't hurt or harm anybody else in ever, whatever we do or think, um, we can do pretty much whatever we like, as long as we don't do any damage. But at the same time, we don't need a common enemy. Although we are expressing ourselves individually, we still have this tie that binds us because we are all spiritual beings and we come from the same source. So, you know, it's like water. If you if you drop a lot of, lot of drops of water on, on a surface, you will find that they sort of gravitate to each other and eventually they will form one bigger pool of water. It's like we, we flock to each other, like I said in my book, like like moths to a flame, Like, um, but each with our own glimmering wings um, with interesting colorful designs we don't all have to look alike but we all attract to the same flame in a sense so that's the one thing is that we recognize the spirituality in each other or the spiritual beingness in each other the other thing is also what happens is that when we become spiritually aware or awakened we start gravitating towards people that will help us to fulfill our soul purpose and life calling in this lifetime Remember last week we talked about the life plan and that we have a soul purpose, which is what we hope to take away with us, the soul growth and spiritual evolution that we, we hope to achieve here and take with us to be put into the Akashic record, for the lack of a better explanation. Um, and we also have a life calling or a life purpose, which is what we hope to leave behind when we leave, because we all have timeshare in this planet of ours, um, and we are here to fulfill a mission. So when you become spiritually aware of or awake, you will find that automatically you begin to cross paths with other like-minded people that will help you towards your soul purpose and life calling. And I'm not saying that we wouldn't, you and that person would necessarily have the same calling or the same purpose. Um, it's just that they will somehow help you um, to to stay on track or to get to your to your end destination. Um, and many of these relationships, now this is with people that we are we come closer with because you might feel a connection with other spiritually awakened people, but you will not necessarily develop um, or cultivate a very strong relationship with all of them. The more intimate, strong relationships are with people that, that um, in my experience and in my belief, um, we have some sort of soul agreement with. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's something that's sort of planned or agreed upon before we come into this lifetime as part of our life plan. Um, um, and our life plan is coordinated with many other life plans in that sense. Um, and the right people and right things come across your path at the right time to help guide you in the right direction. So um, that's, that's how I would, um, I would explain that, that part of it. Um, right, let me just have another look at the... The chat room. Um, we had PJ43 saying, I'm an old soul and I'm feeling more and more connected to certain people uh, must have had a past life together. Yes, PJ, I agree. In some cases, um, with these soul agreements, uh, some of them are new agreements. Some of them are agreements that's, that spring from previous lives. Um, there is also this belief that, that we move in soul families or soul groups and that we remain somehow connected. 
I'm not entirely convinced of that in my experience because, um, as I said before, the soul is not a constant. It's not permanent. It doesn't keep on existing indefinitely in one permanent state. It transforms, it evolves into something new um, or it dissolves into something bigger. So um, I cannot see how a soul, a soul family can keep on, on existing. I think of it as... Um, as the same thing as human DNA, because if you think of the human body, when you, when when the human body dies, when we pass away, um, it's like the Bible says, we you know dust to dust, we return to dust. Um, so the human body is not permanent. Um, but then, how is it that our that that human DNA carries on? Now we all obviously know the answer to that through procreation, through. Um, New babies that are born, um, we, we're, the father and the mother carry over their DNA, which we know the DNA, your DNA is like, is like the Akashic record of the human body. And um, your DNA records human experiences. That's how we evolve. That's how everything evolves. Is, um, it, it records certain things, and, and, and every time we sort of bring out a new and improved version, it's almost like new motor cars or new, new smartphones that come out. Every generation is a bit more, more um, um, sophisticated and evolved. Um, so the human DNA is like the body's Akashic record that records all this information and is carried over from generation to generation. And that's what we have time sharing. That's why you have a life calling because you are here to make the earth a better place so that that human DNA can continue to thrive, continue to evolve, um, that the whole planet can continue to evolve because we need to keep up, keep um, maintain this, this playground of ours so that we can um, come back you know, if we want to, or for future generations, for other souls to have this thrilling experience when we move on to something bigger and better, we dissolve into to, to something else. So, um, and, and the same applies to the soul. I see the soul as a form of DNA. So, um, the actual soul or identity doesn't continue on permanently and indefinitely, just like the human body. The soul it doesn't die because the human body also doesn't die. The human body um, is carried on through human DNA. So the soul is carried on through soul DNA, for the lack of a better word. So the soul does continue on, but it's through the DNA which is absorbed into the Akashic record, which is the infinite whatever it is, spirit, intelligence, the conscious universe. So... Um, or the etheric plane, depending on, on what your belief system is. So, um, therefore, I'm not entirely convinced that we actually have an actual soul family. Um, it could very well be that because, you know, souls do hang around, like I said, and then they are reborn and they transform, they're reborn into a new incarnation. Um, and they bring some of that soul DNA with them, of course. So, that's why we have past life experiences. So, yes, you have had a past life. But when Uncle Tom dies and becomes little Sarah on the other side of the planet and, and little Sarah grows up and one day she goes to a past life regressionist and she has a past life regression session or she has a reading with a psychic who brings through past life information for us from the Akashic record she, she is going to hear that as little Sarah and, um, but she's no longer Uncle Tom Uncle Tom doesn't exist anymore the only thing that exists is Uncle Tom's soul DNA, for a lack of a better word. So Uncle Tom's um, um, experiences and um, 
insights and wisdom. He, the things that he achieved with his soul purpose and his life calling, well, not his life calling, his soul purpose, those are the things that will come through in the, the past life um, regression reading. So um, um, it could very well be that soul families or soul groups exist for a certain time, um, but but they will never stay the same. It will never, never, ever stay the same. Um, so that's how I see it, that the soul is more like the continuation of the soul after death is more like human DNA that's passed on. Um, it's the soul DNA that's passed into spirit, into the great beyond, for the lack of a better word. Um, let me see if there are any other questions um, that people would like me to come into. Let me see. Or do we just find each other because we are watching over those we have a connection with? Well, Michael, I think I've sort of answered that. If I haven't, just uh, just um, just um, maybe retype your question, restate your question, um, because what I'm getting from what you're saying is Michael is asking um, why do we connect with other people when we are? Uh oh, let me read here. We do find our soul group after we pass over. That's what Dana Reese says. And then Michael says, or do we just find each other because we are watching over those we have a connection with? Um, well, I think I just answered that. Uh, my whole take on soul families or soul groups. Um, I'm not saying that is what you have to believe. That's my, my personal belief. You see, the, the big thing for me is in my experience um, and in, in the work that I've done with people all over the world is that I have not found evidence that the soul continues in its current state. We find it difficult to to swallow that, and the reason we find it difficult is because we're so attached to our egos. You know, the human ego is a material thing; it's a physical world thing; it's not a spiritual thing, and and we cannot we cannot stomach the idea that you know what, me myself and I this big shot or big whatever I am is not going to be here after I die, well, only for a while and then no longer. It's going to take on a new form. It's the, my DNA. Um, I guess we're almost like stage mums or whatever. You know, we, we, we couldn't realize our own dreams and then we want to force our kids to do it. So, you know, our own DNA need to replace us in some way. Um, I think that's why it's difficult for um, people to, to really, you know, um, accept that, that, you know, um, because, I mean, th there are people that have a belief system, and I'm not saying it's wrong, you know. Um, I'm always very um, democratic when it comes to spirituality because we all have a different journey. Um, and, um, you know, you have to approach it in your unique way. Um, once again, I say very loud and clear, diversity is vital for our future evolution um, and for 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 the evolution of our species. We have to be different from each other. We're not supposed to think the same, be the same, or have uh, the same experience, same beliefs and views about everything. So whatever your belief system is, or your religion, or your spiritual practice, that's 100% your business. As long as you don't harm me or the next person in the chat room with that, you can believe whatever you please, whatever works for you, whatever gets you to your sole purpose and your life calling, by all means, go for it. <laughs> um, but yes, like I say, we have this attachment to the ego. And um, we must always remember we are spiritual beings having a physical life experience, not the other way around. The ego is a manifestation 
um, of, of our capacity for divine reasoning, free will, complete centeredness, creative thought, self-actualization, all that stuff that I was talking about earlier. Um, the ego is not, get, don't get me wrong, and we need to be very clear about this. The ego is not a bad thing or a bad guy. That is a big problem nowadays in the spiritual community, in the, in the popular culture, um, in, the, in the sort of new age movement or the new thought movement. A lot of spiritual authors, metaphysical practitioners, you know, uh, uh, teachers, healers, psychics, mediums, everybody working in the sort of spiritual field, a lot of them, you know, when they teach or when they write or when they do public speaking, they tend to sort of villainize the ego. And I believe that's a mistake. Um, the ego is not the latest new age villain. The ego is an expression of your divinity. It's a part of your, your divine, it's an expression of your divine origins. It's what makes you godly. It's what makes you a deity in jeans and a t-shirt. Is partly, not fully, but partly due to your ego. Your ego is an expression of your godliness. However, however, unfortunately, in our postmodern society, we have reached a point where the ego has taken on a life of its own. And the ego has become all dominant especially the past hundred years, the ego has really taken over and we've lost the balance because remember in everything there must be balance and everything there must be duality in this time-space reality. Um, and we've sort of given up on the, on the, the, you could say, the more feminine, intuitive, spiritual, metaphysical side and we've opted more towards the masculine, rational, physical ego side of things um, I mean you see it everywhere in our popular culture look at the people that we worship and admire um, reality TV stars sports personalities whatever it's all about ego it's all about the ego I'm more famous than you I am more successful than you I own more material possessions than you I am more physically attractive than you that's why I'm on the cover of the magazine and you are not um, I am more skinny than you um, I have a bigger house and a smarter car than you. So it's, it's permeating our whole society. So in our human time-space reality, in our physical life experience, we, we have forgotten the, the other side of the coin. And that's why a lot of people villainize the ego. They say, oh, the ego is a nasty, mean thing. We have to suppress the ego. We have to, you know, kill the ego, away with the ego. We don't want the ego. The ego is bad, bad, bad. And that is not accurate because that is an overreaction. And the reason why people are, are behaving this way is because it's like a knee-jerk reaction to the dominance of the ego for so long, which was partly caused by our sciences. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not an anti-scientific person. I have a degree in psychology, things like that. I'm all for science. I love science and technology. We have invented and discovered amazing things, especially the past 100 years. So I'm not an anti-scientist person. But unfortunately, science has um, um, come to the point where it's telling us we don't have spirit. We don't have a soul. You don't have a purpose for your life. You will return to dust. Um, 
you know, all that's important is things that you can see, taste, hear, and feel and smell. In other words, your car, your house, your hairstyle, your your money, your your romantic partner, your all these human life things that are so important to us. Um, so. Because science keeps telling us all that exists is the material world. And because of that, we got totally hung up on the material and on the ego. Um, and now the spiritual community in, in, in the past hundred years, increasingly, as the ego became more and more dominant, the spiritual community started rebelling more and more and more and saying, uh-huh, we spiritually awakened people are saying, no, it's not about the ego. The ego is just... Uh, you know, the ego is a bad thing because look at what the ego is doing in the world. And that's not correct. So it's more like a pendulum swing that's now swinging to the opposite extreme. And you have people saying, you know, you cannot be spiritually aware or you cannot evolve or develop spiritually if you are not 100% focused on the intuitive and the metaphysical and the spiritual. You must suppress the ego. You must get rid of the ego. And that's not correct. We did not come here to be 100% spiritual, intuitive, metaphysical beings. That's what we were before we came. Why would we come and re reinvent the wheel? It doesn't make sense. We came here to be physical human beings having a real life experience. And part of that experience is your, is your material experience, which includes your ego. So the truly spiritually developing person would acknowledge both sides. That is what a divine life is all about. When you are leading a divine lifestyle and you've created a divine life for yourself on this planet, you are part human, part spirit, because you acknowledge both. You acknowledge the duality and you honor both in your life. You, you're not here to become more spiritual. You're not here to become more material or human. You're here to become both. And therefore, we need to honor both. So we need to acknowledge both the human ego and the divine self, the ego self and the divine self. We need to honor both the left brain, which is the masculine, rational, logical, analytical, scientific brain. And we have to also honor the right brain, which is the intuitive, emotional, um, psychological, metaphysical, spiritual side of us, our creative side, our feminine side. We have to, cre we have to acknowledge both. We have to create, uh, acknowledge both the metaphysical and the physical, the, the spiritual and the material. Um, we have to acknowledge both. There needs to be a balance. And therefore, when you are spiritually aware and you are striving to achieve your soul purpose and life calling, it's not about trying to be this ethereal spiritual being that's just sitting in the lotus position 24 hours a day fasting and you know whatever it is that people think you should do when you are spiritual um that's a part of it yes spiritual practice is a part of it spiritual awareness is a part of it but that's not what we came here to do we came here to have a physical human life experience as spiritual beings. And therefore, we need to acknowledge both parts of ourselves. Um, and that's what Divine Living, my book, is about. And the whole concept of a divine life. It's about that harmonious balance between the spiritual and the physical. Bring, making it part of your practical reality. You see, why I, I wanted to write uh, the book, Divine Living, was because I found so many people um, that came through my practice in recent years, that they've had this profound spiritual awakening, you know, mind-blowing stuff that happened to them. They wake up with this bang, 
they suddenly they're walking in the clouds they are you know they are in seventh heaven they realize they are spiritual beings they they suddenly recognize their divine self they have this reunite you know this meeting with the divine self this reconnection with their spiritual origins and then what a lot of them don't know where to go from there a lot of them don't know what to do next now they begin to think, should I become a Buddhist monk? Should I become this, that, or the other? Should, should I start doing, should I burn incense? Should I meditate? What should I do? And it overwhelms people because modern life is so demanding. You know, at the same time, you have to keep a roof over your head. You have to feed yourself and your kids. You have to, you know, you have to survive on a physical plane, on a physical, in the physical realm. So, how do you how do you do this? You know, I have to go to work from nine to five, and 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 how can I be a spiritual being having a physical life? And it doesn't make sense. That's why I wrote the book is to try and help people to bring a balance and harmony between those two things. That's why I included a lot of practical, simple practical exercises, guidelines, um, things that you tools that you can use on a daily basis to incorporate your spiritualness your spiritual beingness or your divine self into your daily physical reality. Um, and we're going to talk about this next week. That's the topic for next week's show. It's the art of divine living. And notice I don't call it the science of divine living, <laughs> although it is a bit of a science as well. It's actually a combination of science and art. But we're going to talk about the art of divine living because it is an art. How do I combine my spiritual, spiritual beingness with my physical beingness and still cope in society and still do my job from 9 to 5, etc., etc.? We're going to be talking about that. And like I said, that's also what the book Divine Living is about. So um, to summarize, just remember the ego, the human ego, when you hear people talking about the ego, the ego is not this big, bad, new age, villain, evil, bad guy. The ego is part of your divinity. It's an expression of your godliness together with your intuition and your emotions and, and all the feminine stuff. So you need both. You need both. And therefore, it is not sacrilege and it's not her heresy to be rational, to be analytical, to be logical about certain things. That's what you came here to be. You didn't come here to be all airy-fairy the whole time and living in, in a reality that nobody else knows and understands. Um, if that works for you, like I say, diversity to all. Um, as long as you don't you know, starve your kids in the process or, or, or cause a, a, an accident on the highway because you're being airy-fairy in your car, whatever. As long as you don't do that, then be airy-fairy all day. That's great. Maybe that is your mission for this lifetime. Um, we can never judge another person's um, sole purpose and life calling because not one of them are identical. And you can never, never say to a person, but you are going the wrong way or you should believe this or you should be that way or your spiritual practice must be this way or that way. You will find those of you are reading my book or have read my book, um, you will find that um, I try to be very democratic and I just try and inspire people. Um, in the right direction, but not, and to give them sort of ideas or inspirations, but not actual rules that they have to follow. Right, and um, that's basically brought us to, to the end of our show tonight. So, um, um, if there's anything else, yes, the uh, Thank You Healing Artist Studio. Um, 
Um, I hope the book is amazing. Some of the people in the chat room I know have read the book or are busy reading the book. So you can also ask them what they thought and rather give, get a more objective opinion because obviously I am going to tell you that um, – that it's great, but um, uh, that, you know the human ego will take over and <laughs> step in and say, "Well, my book is great. My book is better than yours." But um, no, so it's better that you maybe ask um, one of the other people. Just before we sign off, I I've been having all night and it's been bugging me a lot. So I just need to put this out there. I keep picking up on on an energy of an animal. This is a dog. And I'm not sure who this dog is or what this is about. If somebody, if somebody that's listening to the show can relate to this, um, please just let me know. If you're in the chat room, let me know. If you're not, just maybe call in quickly. Um, or even after the show, just send me an email. Because I keep getting, I'm, I'm picking up, uh, sort of halfway through the show it started, I'm picking up on an, an, uh, the energy. It's an animal. It's a dog. It's, it's like a golden brown color. Um, like a, yeah, a golden brown color. I'm not sure what, I'm not very good with dogs. I don't know dog species so well, but it's either, the, the, the way I see it, it's either like a, 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 a cocker spaniel, you know, those, those dogs with the long fluffy ears, they're sort of golden brown, or a golden retriever. I'm getting the sense of a cocker spaniel golden retriever. Actually, it's very strange because I'm, it feels to me like it's two dogs. I'm getting the golden retriever. It's like the more sort of, it feels like a very strong dog, very muscular feeling, very, very sprightly, very strong dog. And um, I'm also getting the, um, the cocker spaniel, which is almost like a softer, more feminine energy that, that I'm getting. Um, that can anybody, because I don't want to like now talk about it if somebody cannot relate to it. Um, Okay, let me let me just um, let me. I'm getting that I must just talk about it quickly. I'm I'm getting this um, this this dog, and I'm getting that this dog is trying to tell me that there, there's someone they were close to that they want this person to reach out to the other dog. It makes no sense to me, but this is what I'm getting. They want the the golden retriever dog wants. Somebody to reach out to the other dog, which looks to me like a cocker spaniel. They, they're sort of the same color. The golden retriever is more like a honey color where the, the cocker spaniel is a bit darker, a bit darker brown. And the cocker spaniel is a bit gentler dog, a much more sort of almost shy, laid back, uh, peaceful kind of dog where the golden retriever seems to be very energetic, very forceful almost. So it's almost like a masculine female uh, as opposed to a feminine energy. And I'm getting that the golden masculine dog is trying to get me to go out and find the or help the Cocker Spaniel. So if anybody can relate to this, if anybody has had a dog that, that matches the description or anything like that, um, Especially if you've been thinking about getting a dog or something like that, please go out to your local shelter, go and find this dog because I'm getting that there's, there's this Cocker Spaniel-like dog. It might not be a Cocker Spaniel. It could be a, a dog that might be a similar breed or looks very similar. I'm getting the sense of the floppy ears, curly floppy ears. I think it's called this Cocker Spaniel. Um, it could very well be a, another Golden Retriever. I don't know. But um, you need to go out and find this dog because it's it's – 
it's meant to be and it's going to bring a, make a huge difference to your life. So I hope that meant something to somebody tonight. Um, sorry just for throwing that in right here at the end because it doesn't really relate to, to the topic of the show. But uh, when I get these things, I have to share it. Otherwise, it's going to keep me up the whole night and I'm going to sit here and not know what to do with it. And it's going to come back and back and back until I do something about it. So... Um, that's that. Um, thank you very much for listening to the show. Please um, remember there's a recorded archive that will be available after the show for listening or download, and that would be um, available within the next like half an hour or so because it just has to sort of process or whatever. But then it becomes available on the show page, so you can listen to it back or you can listen to last week's show if you haven't heard it yet, which was an introduction to what we talked about tonight. And please also share the links to the archives um, with your friends and family, relatives, anybody, their co-workers, anybody that you feel might benefit from that or might be interested. Also, you're welcome to contact me directly through my website. The information is on the show page. I thank you once again for joining me. Um, and and um, I really had a great time. Next week, we're looking at the art of divine living. So, yes, we've been all philosophical and all sort of um, ethereal and very um, deep and intellectual tonight. Um, next week, we're going to look at how do we take all this philosophical stuff and make it real in our everyday life. How do I create a divine life? How do I master the art of divine living? We're going to look at that next week. Thank you so much for joining me. And um, with that, I would just like to say... May the energy of the divine self inspire you and the light of the soul direct you. And with that, I would like to say goodbye. Namaste. You have been listening to Divine Living Today with Psychic Medium and Destiny Coach, Anton St. Martin. For more information about Anton's services, visit his website at antonsaintmartin.com.